Good morning, and thank you so much for listening. This is Camille's Demi Hour, and I am Camille Broderick, and we celebrate everything here on the show in the Epicurean world of Nantucket. And today we're actually going to be celebrating a belated holiday. This past Wednesday, August 5th, was National Oyster Day. So being an amazing oyster community here, or a growing oyster community, I wanted to celebrate this amazing holiday and talk about oysters. So today in the studio we have Mr. Jamie Marks, who is an oyster farmer and was a former fisherman, and he owns Oyster Cracker on Old South Road. Old South Road. Welcome. It's lovely to have you today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jamie Marks. I'm an oyster farmer in Nantucket. I've been farming oysters for about 10 years now, and we have new oyster farmers on the island now, which has uh, come a long ways. And the population of oyster eating on Nantucket has uh, grown tremendously. You started your industry as a young kid fishing, and then you went into excavating on okay. island here. Yes, I did. And uh, you yeah. want to talk about your story? Well, I've always been fishing on the water my whole life since I was a boy, and I love it like everybody else does here. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a shellfish warden. And I used to hang around the piers all the time in the docks. And all I wanted to do was fish, fish, fish. And that's all he ever said. All you want to do, boy, is fish, fish, fish. And he said, there's no money in fishing. And uh, I tried to go against that. And he and he's right. There is no money in fishing. So I started an excavating company when I got a little older. Mm-hmm. And I did that for probably, uh, still fish, never stopped fishing. Mm-hmm. But to make my income was all excavation, and I did that for probably uh, 25 years. So mostly for construction, yeah. removal. Excavation, all construction, changing the island. I'm older now, and I went back to yeah. fishing. Uh-huh. Well, after 25 years, I went back to fishing, and I'm growing oysters. And I was very interested in it, and my family's grown oysters on the island. Richard Hogate has grown oysters on the island. I think he put about 10 years into it. Your family's from the island, and so is your yeah. wife's, but you really seem to have been self-taught in this, this industry. And uh, do you want to tell me about that? I wanted to learn how to grow them. I don't have the education of a biologist or anything. So I did. My little girls taught me how to use the computer. <laughs> and uh, I started. That World Wide Web, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big. You know? <laughs> and I started Googling little information on oyster farming yeah. and picked up little secrets from that. And I took that and I put that together and I finally figured out how to grow them. But before that, I had to get the permission to grow them on the Antarctic. And that was. That's probably the hardest thing to get. Yeah, how do you acquire the part? So um, you want to tell everybody where your far- where the farm is yeah. and where your location for the oyster farm? Our, our farm is uh, Cascada. Cascada. So, and our name of our farm is Cascada Shellfish Farm. Mm-hmm. And it's a little estuary up on Cote 2 mm-hmm. in the Great Point area. And uh, I've been hanging around there since I was a boy, like, like a lot of other people. And I loved it. And, and I went downtown to talk to Dave Franzuto, who was, was the uh, harbor master of Nantucket then. And uh, I told him, I said, I'm interested in growing oysters. Right. And he said, well, they are starting to do grants and things for people to grow oysters. And he said, where do you want to go? I said, well, I really don't know where to go. And he gave me a couple opportunities where to go check the, the ocean and the bottom, make sure it's right for it. And uh, it, it wasn't clean enough or something else was growing there, is what I should say. You know, another scallop or cohogs are growing in the area and you can't farm anywhere where there's already habitat growing. Okay. So I found a little area up Cascader and checked it all out, went back to him. Uh-huh. And then he said, sure. And we did the paperwork and went to the state after that. Wow. And then the Army Corps of Engineer and then you select men. And when you get everybody to sign off for you, and they come down and do a dig in the area that I wanted. I had to mark off certain corners of a right. three-acre parcel to I wanted to farm. So the state comes down eventually, and uh, we, we did a dig. They did a dive. Mm-hmm. And they gridded certain areas out. 
for you, right? Yeah. Before that, you had done that yourself. You had gone down oh, there. Oh yes, you and, had to do it yourself yeah. first to see if to get all, make sure that nothing else growing there before you have all these people come in to check out the area. Right. Right, because then you just wasted a lot of people's time, and they're mm-hmm. not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's no eel grass in the area because eel grass is for our base golfs and other creatures. Right. So it's pretty much of a um, quiet area there. Just a nice water flow area. It's a natural area, natural area for oysters. Right. Beautiful with the fresh water and right. the salt water. We're going to mix. So once they okayed that, it took about two years. And my wife. You have to thank your wife for that yes, too. She helped. She oh, helped yeah. out. I would have never been able to do it without her. Well, next time no she's going to come on the show. She yeah. she has to be at the shop today. She yeah. would have been here otherwise. But yeah. um, but your shop is you seem to just be a one man show. It's just you, your wife, and your daughter. You do not sell to retail. You do not sell to restaurants. You only have your shop. Your product is really the essence of the family and yeah. of the product here on Nantucket. Right. It's pretty special. We uh, it's all my ideas, like always. <laughs> And uh, I just enjoy it. You know? You've been and dreaming I, of this since you were on yeah, those piers. Right. When I was a boy, you'd go to town. We used to go to the Anglers Club, and you'd see all the tournaments and all the fish hanging, all mm-hmm. the fun things. And the guys cutting fish on Main Street in the back of their tailgates. Oh. It was a lot of fun being a kid, seeing all that. Yeah. Fishing down the walls while well, things change. And uh, I wanted to bring a, little, do a little, bring a little back. It's a busy place now. Yeah. So I took a little shed that was my father-in-law's and family's help, and we built that little shed over there and redid it and got it commercial. And I made it just like Nantucket used to be. If you look at the lamppost when you walk in, it's the same lamppost as on Nantucket 100 years ago on Main Street. If you're just listening, we are speaking with Jamie Marks, the owner and founder of Oyster Cracker. He's an oyster farmer here on island. He is from the island, used to be in the fishing industry and went into excavating and now is an oyster farmer here. And we're talking about his cute, beautiful little hand-built shop that you use some of the pines from the back to actually create part of, uh, to kind of reflect a boat of sorts, right? Uh, Our property backs up to the uh, state property, which is Uh state pines. And there's always a beautiful forest there. And they st- the state, if I'm right, they built the pines there. They put the pines and they had people plant the trees back in the 50s or something when the economy was way down. So the mm-hmm. state gave people work, I understand, if I'm right. And mm-hmm. they planted those trees to give people work on the island. There was no work here. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into state property with the pines in the woods and all that. And over the years, uh, we had a hurricane. I'm not sure which hurricane it was. Mm-hmm. But one of the hurricanes might have been Bob or something. And uh, wiped them all out, blew them all down. And I went into the state and asked them if I could harvest the logs off the, off the land, and it was for free. So they said, sure, go ahead. I, I'm surprised you even asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, state property. Well, that's true. Once no, I got the permission course. and went yeah. in there, and we harvest all the logs off, and I have a little sawmill, and I sawed all the logs into boards, mm-hmm. and I made that little shack out of it. Even the picnic tables out front, everything's, everything there is from it. So what year was this? Uh, let's see, five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's five years, five years ago I did all that. So the shop has an amazing selection. You have raw fish, you have fried fish, you have the lobster rolls. Talk about your menu. We're not doing as much uh, raw fish anymore. Mm-hmm. So kind of, we turned into a little shack, really. Mm-hmm. So we're all raw bar and oysters and little mm-hmm. necks and shrimp mm-hmm. cocktail and lobster rolls. And those are my main products. And frying, of course, we do fried clams, fried oysters, fried scallops, Nantucket Bay scallops. I fish in the winter and freeze all the scallops for the summertime. And uh, get all the local product I can get a hold of for, my, for us. Sea bass opens up uh, the 4th of uh-huh. August. And when I'm lobstering, I'm going to hopefully get some sea bass. We'll have fresh sea bass in there. That's great. Yeah, so we just do what, what I can get a hold of mainly. Before, I was more fish, but it's hard to hang on to fish and keep it as fresh as you can. And after a couple of days... I don't even want to hang on to it anymore. Right. So the I'd freshness like, is the key. Yeah. I'd like even to when it comes to sushi in Japan, I mean, everything is about the freshness of fish yeah. when you're going to consume I'm it raw. the quality of the product. Yeah. So 
I, I found my niche. This is what I can take care of and keep the best quality I can keep it. I know. The quality control between you, your wife, and yeah, your daughter. Yeah. I mean, it's straight from oh, it, it's from your hands, from the mother nature to your hands yeah. and to us. Can't get any more Nantucket than that. You can't. You cannot. And the <laughs> lobster roll, I'm going to say this right now, it's the best one I've had on island. Good, it's the you. best one. Thank you. The bun is a traditional mm-hmm. hot dog bun, but yeah. you do the perfect mm-hmm. amount of grilling with just yeah. a little butter. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. And you, I think the key to a good lobster roll is generosity. Yeah. <laughs> you need to give a lot of lobster yeah. if you want it for the perfect bites of bread yeah. to lobster and the chunkiness. And you have no onion, no no chive, no. It's very unadulterated. There's it's nothing, so pure. Very little seasoning there. Yeah. Very little mayonnaise. Is there even lemon, like a little lemon? No, no nothing. No, there's no lemon. It's perfect. No, there's nothing really. The little seasoning. It speaks there. for itself. But, and little little mayonnaise, not too much. No, not people, too much. Not everybody wants mayonnaise. No, you don't even taste mayonnaise. You just you know, it just binds the lobster just together. To hold it to, just to it. hold it together. You got it. Just to hold it together. And then the yeah. the homemade coleslaw, hmm. which they Isn't said that was sweet? Isn't that nice? Oh, it's like yeah. dessert and goes with it perfectly. Yeah. That's no, her, it's that's, delicious. That's her grandma, grandma's recipe. Grandma recipe. Your wife told me that her grandmother had said if you tell anybody this recipe, she'll, she'll haunt her. She'll haunt her. Yeah, she would. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, she would. As long as she keeps sharing yeah. it, that's fine. We don't need to have it. As and that's long what as... we like to do. We like to share that with everybody. Growing up on Nantucket, you ate what was here. A lot of days, a lot of times, that's that's what we all ate, back and forth, everybody. We, geez, the fishing's gone. It's, it's different now. It's, uh, well, that's the thing. Your philosophy, community. you're not just trying to have a restaurant and sell no. something. You are no. really trying to express who yeah. you are and what you do here and what the island produces and really feed the people with that. Right. Come to Nantucket. You want something from Nantucket. And that's what yeah. we're trying to do is give you the best products we can give you. It's a, it's a tradition, right? Any, right. Any New England area, that's all tradition food. We do it in the rough, right? Right. You order it, you go outside and pick the table or oh, you yeah, take it perfect. to the beach with you. We even have it to go. You can go home, you know. And you're only open Thursday through Sunday. Yes. So definitely worth the weekend visits. I'm, I'm on the water. I don't stop. And I'm fascinated by your technique in shucking. Tell me about how to really clean a, a good oyster and to shuck a good oyster. I think everyone, well, I think that, although it always looks harder than it is. I've, yeah. I shucked oysters for about a month in a restaurant. and I, I can make it look easy. Yeah, people, The good ones make it look really easy. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys out there quick. They have to be. They have to in be. In a restaurant, you have to be quick and clean. But in some restaurants, they still don't even detach the oyster. They don't no. clean out the oyster yeah. when that's the purpose of having an yeah. oyster is having that work done for you. And Because they didn't grow up with oysters. I feel like that's the case. It's that's their job to open those oysters as fast as they can and get them on a platter. We put a little time into making sure they're nice and clean yeah. and open and free from the shell. You know, you want people to enjoy it. That's what you're paying for. We do a nice platter with a crushed ice on it, and we do, we'll do we do an oyster platter and, or six and six, oyster and little nick with shrimp on it. That's nice, or a shrimp platter. And you go outside on the picnic table, and we bring it to you. That keeps everybody going through the shack and, and outside sitting. So why didn't you call it the shack? Where'd you get the name Oyster Cracker? I don't know where that came. I think my (laughs) wife did that. You can look at that a couple different ways. You said Oyster Cracker at the shack. We wanted something that catches. Different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is. Different. It sure is. And it's a cute little spot. I think a lot of people drive by it. You don't know it's there, but it is next to... Everybody comes in and says, we can't find it. We've never heard about you. How long have you been here? It's right in between (laughs) Tugboat Tim's and Espresso to Go, kind of set back. There's enough parking there, which is great. Plenty of parking. Mm -hmm. Just set off the back a little bit. It's all we have. We have to make it work. I built it like Nantucket Town used to look like, so that's our own little area there. And just make it fun and comfortable when you come. You know, see a little bit above it. We have fun with people. Most people are really good. A lot of people do drive by it and haven't heard about it. We have signs. We put them out front, Nail South Road and stuff, but that's changed, so nobody yeah. likes that, so we had to pull those off the road. 
So now I don't know. I'll think, of something. I'll think I, of something. Hey, else. it's word of mouth. I don't even think yeah. we have to advertise or do anything. No, we're, we're an end magazine. We're, we've a little bit of advertising, but mm-hmm. we stop and we just work on word of mouth. That works the best. It does. Try true. to give a good product and it'll keep going for you. If you don't make somebody happy, hopefully they come back. I can I can try again. So your seasonals during the winter, you doing your scalloping. Still working on oysters. It uh-huh. never stops. Never stop. Never stop. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the farming of oysters the themselves? Farming. Yeah. How we start off and grow them? Yeah. You have, to, you have to find a nursery that's registered in the state of Massachusetts that grow. That's all they do is they grow oyster seed. Mm-hmm. They're in Maine, in different areas like that. A lot of guys go to Maine. What about on the Cape? Are there the any? The Cape, there was one there, ARC, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're still there. And if they're on that, that list, that Massachusetts list, they're okay to buy from, then we're allowed as licensed oyster farmers to buy our seed from those nurseries. And you put your order in, and you tell them how many thousands you of seed you want depends whatever you want and what size breeding, breeding in a nursery in a regular nursery mm-hmm. in trust mm-hmm. temperature controlled seawater tanks and they're feeding those oysters and they're, they're, they're trying to set them off to spawn when they start spawning they go into another tank and they get the spawn they want then they get those oysters out of there and so i'm just going to tell you a little bit you know that part that's their knowledge more than mine i don't right so that that lava will swim for so many days and then it wants to settle. And they put and they put a little shell in there. It's so small, you can't see it hardly, okay? And that seed settles on that in so many days. And then they take the, that settled seed onto another green, and they'll let them grow, and they keep sieving, okay? Right. So the larger ones have to go ahead into another size, and they just keep going till they get up to, say, one to one and a half millimeter. And that's when I buy them. Wow. And window screen is two millimeter. Wow. So you can imagine how small they are when yeah. you get them. And they come in a little cloth. And it's very expensive. You have to babysit those every couple of days. You can't go without working on them. Uh, they'll want to clump together. Remember I was explaining to you, an oyster's natural oyster wants to grow together and stick together because mm-hmm. that's a natural oyster. Yeah, the, when, when they, they come in combs, that. like honey, right. yeah, they are in like so, a cone form. Right, so we want to keep those oysters separated as much as we can for the raw bar market. Right. So I'll take them at one and a half millimeter, say, and I'll start growing in my nursery in the farm. And as they grow, I'll sieve, separate and sieve Every few days to keep the sizes, the larger ones go forward and the little ones stay back. Uh-huh. You just keep doing it until they get up to about 5 or 10 millimeters. How many are you dealing with? Hundreds of thousands. Because they all don't grow. They all don't make it. Mm-hmm. And they all don't grow the same speed. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're all the same age. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're going to grow the same speed. Right. So we just keep, you just keep sieving and dividing these oysters mm-hmm. until they get up to like 5 or 10 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Then we'll put them into a special mesh bag. Mm-hmm. And each mesh bag has different size mesh on it, right? Mm-hmm. To feed the water flow and to hold the oyster. Right. So then we'll put all those 5 millimeter, 10 millimeter, and all those 6 millimeter bags. Yeah. And by the hundreds. And that's when you And then we'll start working start on those bags. Them, yes, right? exactly. Wow. And then it goes on and on until they're an adult. And, and it takes two and a half to three years to, get that, to, three years to get that oyster to your plate. Wow. And, we, and so how often are you doing that process, harvesting? It, that, that's the harvest. Harvesting? Yeah. This is, that's what I do now, really. It's just harvesting and, mm-hmm. and deal with fowling, mm-hmm. which is growth on the bags in the summertime. Okay. Springtime's all your seed growing, you know, and that goes right to, I don't buy seed every year, but some guys, these guys that sell retail, I mean wholesale, excuse me, mm-hmm. they're going to buy seed pretty much every year. I'll do it every other year because I sell it on just my own retail store. Right. They're, they're working on volume. So they have to really keep that seed going, and that's why those guys put all those hours in out there. Right. 
If you're just listening, this is Jamie Marks talking about his oyster farming here on Nantucket, and this is Nantucket's NPR 89.5 and Camille's Demi Hour. So the oyster farming world here on Nantucket you feel is growing. Oh, definitely growing. Because the fishing industry isn't as... Uh, is not growing. Is not growing. <laughs> yeah. One plus one equals two. That's right. We'll figure out, man, we'll figure out another way. That is true. Yeah. So how many people share that area out near Cotu and where Moscata Oyster yeah. Farm is where you are? Because I know um, Rezio Oysters across from the Wawinets out there. They're all there. They're all yeah. together, I think, on a 30-acre parcel, if I'm right. Okay. Uh, give or take a few acres here. But they all have, we're all allowed 10 acres. So they have so many acres in that spot. And I think there's another, they have another parcel in front of Cascada Pond trying to collect that good mm-hmm. water coming out of there. And I'm the one that's in the pond. But there isn't anything else around the island. That's the best. That's, it. That, that's that, the best. That, that is it. This, I, I don't know if you can grow them in Madiket. You could grow them in Madiket, but uh, there's a lot of different problems there with, with wind and tides. And You said that your grandfather had done oystering as well. My cousins. Your cousins. Did oyster farming. Where were they doing it? Okay. Was it historically that, on island? That was. They were the first oyster farmers here. I want to say Martin Seeley, uh-huh. which is a Nantucket man, and my cousin Richard Hogate. And Richard worked for Martin years ago. I'm talking 15, 20 years ago, oh, probably mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And they had Martin started a farm with a few other people involved with it. They started a farm out in front of uh, Popus Harbor, just in front of the entrance there in okay. the harbor. And they, they were pretty successful. It just wasn't catch. It, it was, they were shipping their oysters off in Nantucket to New York in different restaurants because they were more up to date with the raw bar market. Mm-hmm. Nantucket was just booming with it then in the restaurants, you know? It's the demand for the fish. Exactly. Probably yeah, more. Yep. Yeah. And then... Over the years, Richard did it, took over the oyster farm from Martin, and he did it for another 10 years anyway and did a very good job. And then uh, for some reason or other, things changed, and he got out of it. And I picked it up my own just when he was getting out of it. And then I was like the only farmer for about, uh, I don't know, six years or more. And wow. I just did it. Yeah, I just did my own little thing. And I had a lot a lot of learning to do, so quite a few years to figure it out. And did you turn to anyone for support? And I did. I'm sure I there did mu- not. <laughs> I told you, no, self-taught, one-man yeah. show here. No, I just I go right at it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll do it again. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. It being the National Oyster Day celebration here, we are celebrating belatedly from this past Wednesday, August 5th. But oysters are an incredible animal. And not only are they historically profound in stories, they are a healthy and beneficial species with a lot of nutrients. All protein. Yes, all protein and Mm -hmm. selenium and magnesium Mm -hmm. and I think vitamin E and boatload of nutrients. Even more importantly out there, it's filtering the harbor and cleaning out the harbor. Yeah, that's another big thing. Our, our biologist, um, Tara, she's a nice girl. I, she came in about, uh, I'll say, four or five years ago, give or take, and I met her, and she came here from another farm down south, and she took the job for biologists here, and she uh, she must love it because she's here now. And she got, she got going on the oyster bandwagon and got this all going, and now there's quite a few of us and filling the restaurants with oysters. And, mm-hmm. And everybody's happy. And so. everyone's happy. Or is that just the aphrodisiac? Yeah, it's the aphrodisiac philosophy. <laughs> keeps them going, keeps them coming back for more. <laughs> but you do believe that that's going to really affect and help the island? Definitely affect your harbor. Um, each oyster can clean up to at least 50 gallons of water in a 24 hour period. And I was reading somewhere not too long ago the older oysters and bigger oysters can actually clean a lot more. Yeah, 50 to 100, I've read as well. Yeah, see, what species is the oyster you're growing? It's, it's the, the East Easter, Coast. Yeah, yeah. Eastern species of oyster. We don't right. really deal with anything else that grows well. Some people have tried a certain different kind, but we'll stick with this one here. Yeah, this is the 
that loves the area, does so, really well. So what would you say to people who want to be an oyster farmer? Yeah. You like labor? You like to work hard labor? <laughs> Get muddy and dirty? Like the cold waters? And hot and bugs? <laughs> and you lift a lot of weight a day. Yeah. And those guys could hear me, they'd be laughing right now because they're out there right now on that flat and they're all working very hard in those boats every day. They see the dollar signs from how much per oyster, and that makes them click to want to do it. But once you get going, it's a lot of work. And then you do it for the love of it and for the money. Yeah. So what uh, about the shop? It's just you, your your wife, and your daughter. Is it going to continue? Yeah, as long as I can. We'll see if she likes it. She can keep going with it. If not, I don't know what to do. We'll just keep going the best we can. Well, I highly recommend everyone to pop in there and really get a full Nantucket experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's more than even just the oyster over there. It's a real beautiful, hand-built, yeah. meticulously clean, Thank beautiful you. That's place. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a special place, and yeah. I just can't thank you enough for taking the time out today because yeah. it's such a busy summer for everyone and for you to come in and say hello and to share this. It is. We want everybody to appreciate where their oyster is coming from because a lot of hard work has gone into that oyster you're having from Nantucket. Well, enjoy them. They're delicious. They're healthy. And you're supporting this amazing family in Great Island. So, Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you again so much for listening. This is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5, Nantucket's NPR station. And we were just having the pleasure of speaking with Jamie Marks, who is the owner and founder of Oyster Cracker on Old South Road. He is an oyster farmer here on island. And he also has an amazing little shack that serves beautiful tasty lobster rolls and has a great raw bar selection as well and we were celebrating the belated national oyster day hence his visit with us and please enjoy the oysters here on island and support the community and all of our oyster farmers cheers and until next weekend and thank you again to our sponsor this month we are brought to you by bouchard perry feast founded in 1731 crafting benchmark chardonnay and pinot noirs from some of the best terroirs in burgundy Based in Boom, Bouchard is proud to be the summer sponsor of Camille's Demi Hour in our sister city of Nantucket.